Hey there, and welcome back to the Mini Weekend. I'm your host, Jack. Damn. Let's uh, crack a bowl beer and get the ball rolling. Wow. Um, just here for the beer. Um, what are we drinking tonight? Surprisingly, I apologize. Uh, what I went with tonight. Uh, this is not my first time drinking it. Um, I actually was up north this last weekend for like a guy's um up north kind of golfing kind of gambling kind of a fun trip and i got these for this trip never drank them before um and i had mixed feelings about them so i thought i'd have them on the podcast and see if i kind of went went one way or another by the time i reopened them and had one and i gotta say Yeah, I, I still don't, excuse me, I still don't go too crazy one way or the other. Um, So, I should probably tell you guys, I I actually tonight went with um the Lift Bridge Hard Seltzer. Um, It's the bomb. It's naturally flavored with cherry, lime, and blue raspberry. Uh, it is gluten-free for those that are wondering. Um, and I got to say, uh, the reason I'm not... I'm kind of, I shouldn't say not crazy. The reason I'm kind of in the middle of it is because honestly, twofold. Um, one, one, the first reason it's flavor, it's not too flavorful, which on one hand, I'm, I actually like that because a lot of these seltzers, they try to, you know, overpower the, the pineapple or the mango or the, you know, red raspberry or whatever. And it just, it's too much. It's, you know, it's overdoing it. It's an overkill and, you know, it's not great. Um, but on one hand, like, you know, it, it is a seltzer. So it's not like, you know, I went and got a hard, you know, a lift bridge, you know, tequila soda or something like that um so i'm sure a lot of people are probably thinking jack you know you can't really have your cake and you know eat it too um at the same time like the taste of it is good um you know like i said the flavor i i, I don't know if i like not having a ton of flavor or if i don't like not having a, a like enough flavor, which, like I said, was part of my thought with it when I first opened it this last weekend. But like right now, I'm, you know, I thought I'd feel different, and I really don't. Um, it's not overly another, you know, a couple good things about this one. It's not overly um carbonated. It's not gonna blast you with just carbonation. Um, it's very smooth. <clears throat> it's got a very good aftertaste. Um. Once again, for those that are interested, I know we've done something from Lift Bridge before, never one of their seltzers. Um, but for those that are interested, uh, Lift Bridge is actually located in Stillwater, Minnesota, off of excuse me Tower Drive. So if you're going east on 36, um, it's actually eh, probably a couple blocks down um, from Stillwater Boulevard, and you're going to want to take a is you want to go north off of 36 
and then you'll see Tower, and it's right between Curve Crest Boulevard and Tower. Um, so it's not right, you know, quite right on the river, but it's it's pretty damn close. Um, nice area. I've definitely been in the area, but I'm kind of I'm kind of mad at myself. I because like I said, I want to say this is either my Fisher second, potentially third, um, potentially third um, lift bridge I've had on here, but I don't know that I've ever frequented the place, so I kind of I kind of feel bad in that sense. Um, but it is a cool establishment. I know plenty of family and friends that have been out there that like it. Um, the website is pretty, you know, once again, pretty self-explanatory. Uh, they always have events coming up. Uh, another brewery that is also outside, and they got stuff going on inside and outside as it gets colder, which is really cool. Um, and, um, yeah, I definitely recommend uh, checking them out, uh, liftbridgebrewery.com. You can check them out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, they got a bunch of stuff coming up. You can get um, merch online and just like a, you know all, all of our – most of our other places, you can actually go in and find out where they sell their beer. One of their popular ones right now is actually their 93X um, beer. I can't – I'm pretty sure we tried that on here. I just can't remember when. Um, but I don't – I think I actually kind of liked it. So, um, But, yeah, uh, like I said, um, definitely go check them out. They have a handful – excuse me – of seltzers, um, they got the Blue Agave Margarita, Island Time, St. Croix Berries, uh, Citrus Blend, Northwoods Juice Box, and then of course the Bomb, which we're doing tonight. So, eight, um, uh, eight percent APB. Um, their thing with this is get your red, white, and blue on with their new the Bomb Hard Seltzer. It's the official popsicle of summer. Honestly, that's kind of I'm glad I read this. That's kind of what it tastes it like. I take it from me. That's actually kind of what it tastes like in a can. Enjoy the big explosion of all natural flavors, including blue raspberry, cherry, and lime with zero preservations and only 120 calories per can. What's not to love about this light and celebratory thirst quencher? Um, it definitely is uh, a thirst quencher. It's very light. Um, but yeah, I mean, gosh, I, I feel bad. I got to give it. I'm going to give it a 5.7. Um, I wanted to give it right in the middle of 5. I think the more I drink it between this last weekend and now, I'm kind of getting more of that popsicle taste after reading that. Um, and, you know, it's it's not a bad – like I, I know we've talked about this a lot on the podcast. You know, the fact that you have to say it's not that bad means it is that bad. That's not the case. It really isn't a bad seltzer. Um it's probably not a seltzer I would, you know, go out of my way to get again. I would drink it again, um, but there's a handful, you know, five to six seltzers I would get before I got this one again. Again, not bad. Um, for those that think I'm wrong, please tell me. And um, for those that haven't tried it, try it out and uh, let me know what you think. So, yeah, like I said, go check them out um, off of Tower, um, excuse me, Drive in Stillwater. They're open Mondays through Thursdays, 2 to 9, and then Friday, Saturdays, noon to 10, and Sundays, noon to uh, 6. So that is what we have for just here for the beer this week, and um, we will now get into the Tommy Town.
Uh, so this week for uh, the Tommy Town, we actually have for the first time this year, one of our um, winter teams was first in action. Uh, the women's hockey team um, was in an ex- had an exhibition game against Manitoba um, back on Sunday the twenty fifth. Doesn't count for, towards their record, but you know it was good to. Um, you know, similar to like an NHL preseason, it was um, useful for Joel Johnson to kind of see who he's got, and all that kind of fun stuff. And it was it was a good it was a good game. Uh, uh, there was a late game flurry that gave the Tommies a four to one win in this exhibition game. Um, the women's hockey team specifically exploded for four goals in a span of just under five minutes, four minutes and fifty six seconds. Um, to take a four to one um, win over the University of Manitoba at the St. Thomas Ice Arena, like we mentioned, um, like I mentioned earlier, it was a great. This game was a great um, time for Joel Johnson um, to kind of see who he's got this year. Has he has a larger uh, roster this season in year two of Division One play, and all of his twenty seven players got on the ice this weekend in that game. Um, it's actually kind of funny. The beginning of the game. Um, St. Thomas was limited to just eight shots on goal through the first 40 minutes in a zero to zero game. Um, but the Tommies got 11 shots on that in the third period and were able to get goals from four different players. Manitoba actually took a one, nothing lead. So not only did they get the dub, but they also came from behind. Um, and, uh, first goal by Manitoba was just over three minutes into the period. However, sophomore Abby Palmsberger answered for the Tommies um, just over 10 minutes into the game, into the third period, 10 minutes and 15 seconds into the frame. And then graduate uh, player Anna Solheim put the Tommies ahead uh, to stay with a goal 40, only 46 seconds later. Um, After that, the Tommies would add two power play goals at 12.35 and 15.11 in the period after a five-minute major penalty. Um, newcomer Haley Maxwell's goal made it 3-1, to one, and senior Lucci Bianchi connected for the final goal. Um, so congratulations to them. You know, again, I know it doesn't count as a win in the win-loss column and all that kind of stuff, but it's always good to get a win under your belt. Uh, it's always good to start off the season um, like this. Um and yeah, next up for this Tommy um, hockey team, they actually have the week off, and then they'll open the WCHA and regular season at Wisconsin uh, in Madison on October 7th and 8th. Uh, the Tommy's home opener is actually, excuse me, um, the their home opener is actually the next weekend when they host Franklin Pierce in Mendota Heights. So that is what we have for our um, that is what we have for our winter sports. And once again, um, not not long until we got uh, winter sports here, as we're just getting into October, just about here. Um, so yeah, next up we got the volleyball team. Um, unfortunately, since uh, the Billiken tournament back in St. Louis. St. Thomas has struggled to um, win um, a game. Uh, they're currently on a 10-game losing streak, uh, most notably this last week. Uh, they lost to the North Dakota Fighting Burr or Fighting Hawks. I can't remember 
I they'll always be the Sioux to me. Uh, but they lost uh, three sets to nothing uh, to them in St. Paul back on Saturday. Uh, back on Tuesday, they went down to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and lost to Oral Roberts, uh, zero to three. And then um, just earlier tonight, um, they lost in Denver, one set to three. So um, definitely, you know, definitely a tough go. Um, you know, I I think there's still so much of the season left, um, and they're in the midst of a three-game, um, a three-game road streak or road, um, uh, three games straight on the road. I, I'm sorry. I'm, I don't know what's going on with my brain this late at night. Um, but yeah, again, you know, I, I think for this team, they've just got to find a way to, you know, hit better. You know, I think you look at, you know, the two games that they have won, um, you know, Montana State, their first game of the year, they were, <clears throat> excuse me, their hitting percent was, you know, around that uh, two, 250, and then same thing for St. Louis, um, and a lot of these matches, they've been struggling to hit around 100, so they've just get a, they've just got to get into a better rhythm of just hitting better, and, um, you know, some of these, uh, Games should, uh, you know, come to them. You know, it it sucks that they're four games into Summit League play and they still haven't uh, garnered a win. But I got hope for this team. Again, they're a super, super, very young team. Um, but I think they got what it takes to win a couple more games here. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, take, take a step in that next direction for this team. So, uh, for those that are interested, the Tommy volleyball team will be – in action this Saturday, <clears throat> excuse me, they will be in Omaha to take on, um, I don't, I, I don't even know their, <laughs> their mascot, but they'll be in Omaha at 1230. Um, and then the night of the next pot pet next podcast. I apologize. I have no idea what's going on with my brain tonight. People, uh, they'll be hosting South Dakota at home in Jennifer arena, um, against South Dakota, the night of the next podcast. So, that is what we got there. So, um, lastly, before we move on to our uh, beloved professional sports and all that kind of fun stuff to uh, look forward to, um, the Tommy football team uh, earned their 32nd regular season home win uh, this last Saturday in a 43-6 to non-conference victory over Lincoln, California at O'Shaughnessy Stadium. For the second straight game, the Tommies uh, blocked a punt and returned it for a score. So, once again, the special teams and defense of this team is a staple early on this season. Um, and uh, the Purple also actually held its opponent out of the end zone for the second consecutive contest as well. So, um, a lot of good things going into conference play here for the St. Thomas uh, Tommies. Saint Thomas Fun fact, they've actually only allowed 12 points, all field goals, over its last eight quarters. Um, the Tommies defense had two takeaways and a safety in the second half and limited the Oaklanders to one of 14 on third down conversions on the day. I mean, I don't care what level of football you play, whether you're the St. Thomas Tommies, whether you're um, St. John's University, whether you're the Gophers or hell, the Patriots or the Vikings, like one for 14 when you can make 
when you can force teams to not convert on third downs, that's huge, and that's a huge momentum um, breaker uh, for you. Um, so, yeah, it's it's also worth noting senior special teamer Ty Barron and senior tight end James Klecker and freshman wide receiver Bryce Boyd all scored their first career touchdowns for St. Thomas this last uh, week, which extended its home regular season with the 32 games, like I mentioned. Uh, Cade Sexauer looked uh, good. He completed 15 of 22 passes for 185 yards and two tutties um, with receptions by nine different receivers, which is awesome. Uh, running back Gabe Bell had his first collegiate 100-yard rushing game with 16 carries for 104 yards in just his third game. And um, sophomore running back Sean Shipman had 16 carries for 73 yards and one score. So, once again, lots lots to be excited about uh, this football team heading into um, Pioneer Football League play. Um, you know, super, super excited, super great to be able to for them to be able to take a two to one um sorry, a two to one record into um conference um play. Um so with that we um we look forward to this team traveling to Poughkeepsie, New York to take on Marist um this upcoming Saturday, uh two two days from now. Um so yep. This is a team that the Tommies beat last year. Um, I'm trying to say, I'm trying to remember. I'm pretty sure they beat them last. I know they beat them last year. I think it was a kind of, a relatively um a relatively close game. It wasn't a blowout, so it should be again should be you know a fun game to watch here. Um, against the Marist Red Foxes. Um, but yeah, I think. I think one of the things I've been talking about last year and even coming into this year is this passing game. You know, we the Tommy's football team clearly has good running backs. You know, you look at Hope out of bio, you look at what Sean Shipman's doing. Um Abel or Gabriel Abel and all those guys. Um but I think the big thing last year was it didn't seem like we had a clear cut QB one, and we just didn't have a strong passing game. Now in these last two games, it seems like Sex Hour and you know the passing game has kind of gotten on track, which is good because um, you know you'd love to see this team win the conference and make the playoffs. But again, you're gonna have to beat tough teams like um, San Diego, which they were you know right there with, uh, and Davidson. So. Those are the two teams I'm looking at them, you know, to need to uh, beat here. Um, so, yeah, actually, I I'm I was wrong. So I just found my notes. These two actually met last year in Saint pa- Saint Paul, and we took a convincing twenty-seven to seven win over Mars. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to to uh, to see what uh, what'll happen. I'm super excited to uh, get see this game. Going and see them kind of getting going in the Pioneer Football League as these games matter a lot more, and if, especially if you're going to make the playoffs, you gotta you know start with uh, beating your own uh, your own conference teams. So uh, yeah, before we move on, it's also worth noting the this game can be heard live on AM 1500 Radio Score North with Corvus Stashes on the play by play call with IO 
Idawu as the color analyst. Um, also, this game will be also be broadcasted live on ESPN3 for those that have it or those that are interested. So um, that concludes kind of Tommy Town. But before we kind of get farther into the episode, I thought we'd take a couple moments here to talk a little bit about this Minnesota Golden Gopher football team. And I got to say, a lot of my friends and I have some family that <clears throat> are really hyped, really you know crazy about this team. Um, and I gotta say a lot of this came before this last game. And I remember telling a lot of my friends and family, you know, a lot of people can beat up on New, New Mexico State. A lot of people can beat up on, you know, Western Illinois and <coughs> Colorado. I want to see this team beat a good Big Ten team before I take it seriously. And this team proved to me that they should be taken, uh, seriously as this last weekend, they went into Excuse me. They went into East Lansing and laid a beatdown on the Michigan State Spartans. Tanner Morgan, who I have also been critical of, threw for 280. What was that? Sorry, threw for 268 yards with three touchdowns. Um, one of those uh, touched two of them going to Daniel Jackson and one going to Nick Callerup. Um And. This Minnesota rushing attack was once again led by Muhammad Ibrahim, rushed for 240 yards. Um, and, um, yeah, I think the biggest thing for this game was um, turnovers. This Minnesota defense was able to come up with uh, two interceptions and a fumble recovery. And if you look by, you know, the play-by-play for this, it's huge when you're able to be on the road and start off with a – touched on the first play of the game but then um you also go down and um you know they took a 17 nothing lead into um into half but then to add salt into it to add salt into injury or to wound i guess um michigan state fumbled on the first drive of the second quarter and we went down scored seven points made that count they're very they're the very next drive for them. We got an interception. We went down, got another seven points, made it thirty one to nothing. Um and um and yeah, I think, you know it's it's interesting for the Gophers because a lot of the times in order to be ranked, they're currently ranked twenty one. I'm super happy about it, super thrilled about it. Um they did it in kind of a non conventional way. A lot of the times getting to be a ranked team, you got to either beat a team that's ranked, who up until a week or so ago, Michigan State was, um, but um, or you know lose really closely to a ranked team. But you know they did it a little unconventionally, and um, you know super super excited to see them in there. Um, but once again, it's it's a long season. There's still a lot of football to be played. I know, especially after this game, a lot of people are you know talking about you know can minnesota crash the college football you know playoff picture and everything like that i think you know if, if we had this team in a couple of years when the fo- college football thing was going to 12 games i would ha- say hell yeah you know they'll be a top 12 team i gotta say as much as i love this team i don't know if they can you know be a, a top four team i just you know you look at the clemsons you look at the alabamas the georgias Ohio State's and they're just in a league of their own unfortunately I hate to admit it but I think you're oblivious if you don't um 
but yeah, super super excited for this team. Um, they're uh, taking on Purdue on Saturday, which you know again is a very beatable uh, team, and then they go to Illinois, who's a beatable team, and then Penn State's eleven. You know, you know the tough thing about it is once you get ranked and once you get on people's radar, you you know you have to keep producing because the second you don't produce. Um, you know, you kind of go back to almost being a nobody, which, you know, it is what it is. But, um, yeah, at the end of the day, I think this team, you know, has a lot of talent. You know, they're still, you know, they still got what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games left to go. Um, unfortunately, I think the Big Ten West is a little weaker <coughs> than the Big Ten East. Um, but hey, Iowa, Wisconsin, um, Penn State—you know those teams are not to be joked around with. So if they can beat teams like those, then you know I think we got just as good of a chance as anybody else. So RTB Sky Uman, let's go Gopes. Um, so yeah, now before we get on to our beloved um sp uh, professional sports, uh, I wanted to do—I know it's been a couple weeks since we did a local business shout out. Uh, went to the Twins game with uh, my work earlier today, and we met up at this uh, cool um, little place beforehand to get you know some food and a drink before we head over. And I'd never heard about it, but it was sweet, so I want to give them a shout out. It's called Gray's. Um, its full name is like Graves Gray's Provisions plus Libations, which is a mouthful, but it was really cool. It's an it's an industrial style marketplace that offers an electric array of food stands plus cocktails, wine, and beer. It's actually a really cool setup. Um, they have a cool rooftop bar area. Um, they have a really big kind of picnicy outside area downstairs, um, um, outside, and then they have like a big area inside where you can get some food. Like I mentioned, um, their wine and beer options are, I mean, they're there's really too many options there um but it was a really cool atmosphere um i like them i i gotta say i didn't really try um, too much of their food um unfortunately um but i was looking at some of the food options that they do have and man it it is uh it looks delicious it looks delicious so uh some of the vendors that they do have there they have the uh Avocado dish, the fa the fabled rooster, Union Mung Kitchen, Viva Taco, Soul Bowl, <coughs> um, the Last Drop Cafe, a plus wine bar and libation lounge. Um, and yeah, I would urge you guys um check them out. You can book your you know they have events for um companies and stuff like that. We had a little area um you know offer us. On this Sunday or this Saturday, they have five dollar Bloody Marys and screw drives, uh, screwdrivers uh, from eleven to three. Uh, they got brunches. Uh, they got lots of stuff going on. So I urge you guys to go check out um, this place, uh, GraysNorthLoop.com. Um, and you can also find them on social media too. They're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as well. So they're right off. Of, they're right a couple blocks away from Target Field. So. They're on North 4th Street in Minneapolis. So once again, go check them out. If you've been there before, let me know what I should try there next. And um, if you haven't been there, go check them out and let us know what you uh, thought of it. So now wrapping up uh, 
the second half of the episode here with our uh, professional sports. Um, first things first, uh, like I mentioned, I was at the Twins game, uh, the noon game yesterday. It was a beautiful day for baseball. Um, it was awesome to be out there. Um, super cool that I was able to uh, go out there uh, with the company I work for. Uh, really great culture. Um, but, um, yeah, weren't, weren't able to get the job done last night. Um, you know, at the conclusion of yesterday's game, they got uh, six games left. Uh, the only team in the AL Central that's over uh, 500 on the season, like 500, like winning percentage, is Cleveland, who's currently in the first uh, spot. Um, you know, in the AL Central, the only team that has not, you know, the White Sox, us, Tigers, Royals have all been mathematically eliminated. Um, and, you know, for you baseball in general fans, the, um, you know, with six games about, you know, on the season for most uh, teams, um, you know, coming to the end here, the um, the playoff teams are starting to get more definitive. Obviously, uh, the Yankees, Blue Jays, uh, Guardians, and Astros are already in. Well, the Rays, um, the Orioles, and the Mariners are still fighting for, I believe it's one, two, Three, four, five, six. I think the, between those three teams, they're fighting for two more um, spots uh, for wildcard spots, and then in the National League, the Mets have already made it, Braves have already made it, Cardinals have already made it, Dodgers have already made it. Uh, but there's actually the Phillies, the Brewers, the Padres, and the Giants. So four teams that are fighting for the final uh, two spots. So uh, that's definitely coming into shape, but. You know, it was it's uh, it's unfortunate the Twins were able to get it done this year. Um, again, I yes, I know a lot of people had us pegged for a fifth in the division. Um, so it's I mean, again, not that everything's got to have a silver lining, um, but you know, at least this Minnesota Twins team was able to do better than a lot of people anticipated. We are only one game behind Chicago. Um, Cleveland is, you know, 88 and 68. Chicago is 11 games behind them. We're 12 games behind them. So the Twins are either going to finish second or third in the division, which for a team, like I said, that a lot of people pegged for uh, fifth in the AL Central. Um, it's, uh, you know, good that, you know, we didn't completely <coughs> suck. Um, but on the other hand, it's like, you know, for the better part of half the year, we were sitting pretty in that first spot. Uh, and then just, you know, weren't able to hang on. Um, obviously, uh, Tuesday night's game was really nice. They were able to beat the White Sox 8-4. to And, you know, again, you look at a game like yesterday. They came out, excuse me, and were up uh, 2 nothing in the uh, in the bottom of the first. Um, got a couple runs hit in there and then just weren't able to hold on to it. They gave up two runs in the third um, we both got a run in, in the sixth and then the White Sox were able to, you know, get the extra run in the eighth inning. Um, I gotta say it is kind of fun, you know, as, as much as you don't want your team to be mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. Uh, it is kind of cool to see some of these young guys get, um, a chance to, you know, show what they bring to the table to see if they're going to be, um, uh, you know, what they're going to be, you know, able to do. I mean, you got guys like Miranda, who's young, but, you know, you got um, Hamilton, uh, Walner, um, you know, some of, um, some of those guys. So it'll, um, 
Yeah, it's it'll be an interesting offseason. Obviously, you know, the name of the game. We definitely got to, you know, get this pitching shit figured out. Um, but, yeah, so for those that are interested, uh, like I said, you know, they do got about six games left. So uh, they do play until about, you know, first the, through the first week of the of October here. So um, tomorrow they will be playing in Detroit uh, at 6-10 against the Tigers, uh, Saturday at 5-10, Sunday at 11-10 a.m., and then they will go to Chicago to finish the season. Uh, Monday's game, Monday and Tuesday's game will both be at 7-10. Then they will wrap up the season October 5th in Chicago with a 3-10 game. Um, so, you know, once again, sucks to see that, you know, it sucks that these games really just don't matter. You know, at this point, they're looking at, you know, who's going to be able to come up and, uh, you know, help the team next year and things like that. But, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's all I had today for the Twins. Um, for the Loons, um, I found out why there was a little bit of a break uh, in the schedule here. Because if you look, um, there wasn't many games, if any, um, the past, gosh, what, uh, two, three weeks, something like that. Um, let me see. Because their last game was September 7th. And September 17th and their next game um, is the first and it's because there's been a lot of those uh, pre not preliminary but a lot of games for World Cup and stuff like that so there was a little bit of break in the schedule um, but the <clears throat> Loons are uh, coming down um, in the home stretch here to still holding on to that last and final um, playoff spot you know, once again, they control their destiny, their own destiny. Um, this Saturday, they'll be in San Jose for a game. Excuse me, for a game um, against the San Jose Earthquakes, and then they will wrap up the season. Um, not this Sunday, but two Sundays from now, hosting the Vancouver Whitecaps. So once again, they you know they control their own destiny. Um, you know, definitely. It you know it it never hurts to get help from other teams, but at the same time you never want to rely on needing help. Um, but you know, forty five points with the seventh uh, seed, um, you know, with six potential points left, they could theoretically get the third spot. Um, as FC Dallas is in the third spot and they have fifty points, um, so you know again theoretically. All these teams would have to, you know, lose or draw too, um, but they could. But you know, again, as long as they're winning, um, they're going to continue to hang on to that seventh spot. So, really hope we can uh, see some uh, late season um, Loon soccer playoff um, matchups here. So, um, yeah, just going to have to wait and see. Uh, so, like I said, for those that are interested, this Saturday, October first. Uh, 9 p.m. they'll take on the San Jose Earthquakes. So uh, go watch that game. And um, yeah, super getting getting super excited over here. We're um, we're from today. We have eight days until the start of the NHL season. Uh, peep next week's podcast. We got um, a very good friend um, of mine, a uh, very dear friend, coming on the podcast to do a little bit of uh, NHL um, season preview. Um, and then right behind them in 19 days, we got, you know, the NBA season coming up here. So um, super, super excited for that. Um, you know, looking at the the Wild have already started their preseason um, 
the preseason <coughs> schedule, and you know we're doing this podcast a little later. So at the conclusion of today's game, they're three and zero, two five to two wins, one over Colorado, one over Dallas, a three to two overtime win. Um, but honestly, you know, once again, I I'm not one that really puts a lot of you know, we've talked about this in terms of, you know, the Vikings and everybody. I'm not really somebody who puts a lot of stake in preseason. Um, it really is nice to see a lot of these young guys um, being able to, you know, come and showcase their skills. Obviously, not, not a lot of, you know, big names are playing. Kirill Kaprizov is playing. He's already registered a goal and an assist in the first three games. Um, but I look up and down this roster. Kirill Kaprizov and Brandon Duhame are kind of like the old young guys I didn't realize they were both 25, but you got, you know, guys like Kalen Addison, 22. He's already got a goal and assist, um, including a power play goal. Rossi's got a shorthanded goal to go with four points, um, four total points. You got Tyson Jost and Sam Steele, who um, are both 24. Tyson Jost has two power play goals already um, for a total of five points, and Sam Steele's got three total points. Um, you know, you go up and down and then you, you even got guys like Connor Dewar and Mason Shaw getting a couple points in there. And obviously, you know, you look at the, you know, the scoreboard, you see guys like Ryan Hartman, who is a little bit older, uh, Dumba, Zuccarello, Spurgeon, Brodeen. So it's nice to see, you know, it's happening because truthfully the next this year and then the next two years that we're going to be kind of cap constrained, but it's, it, It'll be interesting to see what young guys after these, after the 20, what's that, uh, three, four, five, after the 2025 season, what young guys on this roster are going to be deserving of getting locked down with the Kirill Kaprizov. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. Um, super excited. Um, it is kind of weird. So like I said, we um, we do only have, um, what was it, eight days until the season, the season itself starts. However, us wild fans we have to wait an additional five days uh the wilds first game will be hosting the new york rangers on thursday october 13th so two weeks from today so um yeah uh before we get before we move on from hockey we actually have some news on our minnesota whitecaps so within this last week they actually released their um their 24 game uh 24 a game schedule for this upcoming season and they will be kicking off their season in a little over a month here as they will be in Toronto to take on the Toronto six on Saturday November 5th and Sunday November 6th and then two weekends later they will be hosting their first um, home game of the season in their new home of Richfield Ice Arena uh, against the Boston Pride their first game against the new Montreal Forest team will be in December and their first time going to Montreal um, will be after the new year in February so um, like I said we're not super far away you know lots of you know good uh, um, exciting things to uh, look forward to as far as hockey is concerned um, but even basketball the Timberwolves are not far away I was talking with a co-worker yesterday and who was like, who was like, God, you know, how well are the, the Timberwolves actually going to be? And I'm like, you know what, you know, as a Timberwolves fan, I think this team is going to be special. I think they're going to be a top five team in the Western Conference. Um, at the very least, they're going to be fun to watch. I truly, truly believe this is going to be Anthony Edwards' third season. I truly believe um, starting the 2023, 2020, starting next season, 
potentially two seasons from now, Anthony Edwards will start to be in the MVP conversation. I just this guy has gotten better from his rookie season, um, and he looks even better. I know he got into a little bit of trouble with some um, anti-gay um, comments he made. He's apologized for that. He's you know a young kid, obviously um, did something stupid, but. Uh, trying to make it right, but I mean, basketball related, the guy is taking incredible steps, and then you add the fact that we have, you know, a shooter like D'Angelo Russell, you know, you got a guy like Cat, not only do you got a guy like Cat, but going forward, he's going to be playing in more of a position that he is better, better suited for himself, I know in college, a lot of people are like, well, you know, he played the five in college, it's like, yeah, that's great, but, you know, once you get into the NBA, boy, guys are, these men are a lot bigger and Carl Anthony Town flourishes when he's able to play more of that stretch four. Um, and Gobert, I mean, he's a he's a tank. So it'll be um, awesome uh, to see that in action. Like I said, if 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 nothing else, obviously health is a health is a big thing, and keeping you know having your guys, you know, for at least sixty two of the eighty two you know games and all that stuff. But at the very least, this team is going to be very very. Fun to watch and actually getting ready for today's podcast. I was actually looking up their preseason schedule. Their preseason actually starts within this next week. Um, and they've got some good teams that they're going to be playing in this uh, preseason to kind of see how they match up. Uh, they'll be playing Miami, who was one three point or not taken away from going to the NBA Finals against the um, Warriors last season. Uh, they'll be playing the Los Angeles Lakers twice, once at home, once in L.A. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of question marks around that L.A. team. But as long as LeBron is on the Lakers, they'll always be a team that, um, you know, is at least halfway decent. Uh, they'll be taking on the L.A. Clippers uh, with a healthy Kawhi, healthy Paul George. So it'll be interesting to see. How we fare against them, it'll be interesting to see just how good that team could potentially be this year. And then their last uh, preseason game, they'll actually be taking on the uh, the Brooklyn Nets, who again has a lot of talent, but I think there's a lot of questions as to you know whether that talent's going to be able to gel or not. So um, excited, excited. Um, but yeah, we're just going to have to wait and see. Um, but like I said, <laughs> for the twentieth time, excited to say the least. Um, so now we will get into, uh, football. Um, obviously this last week, uh, the win over the Lions, um, by no means was a, you know, don't get me wrong, by no means was a, a super fun win to watch, but Hey, we've talked about this, you know, uh, before, <coughs> excuse me, especially on the podcast, a win is a win. It doesn't matter if you win by one or if you win by 50 and a loss is a loss whether you use by one or 50 um they were able to pull out the w thank goodness um but um i mean again i think i think uh we didn't look great in that um um we didn't look great in that game against the uh lions but you know we got to just continue to get better um, one of the things I'm looking forward to with regards to this, um, um, one of the things I'm looking forward to in this is um, this Saints team. Um, I not sure about this game. This game could be because I thought I saw something that um, tonight that um, 
what's his name? Jameis was doubtful, and there's a chance that Michael Thomas would not be playing, which is a huge, huge deal because a lot of people were a little high on the Saints team coming into the season. But theoretically, this New Orleans Saints is a Will Lutz missed 50-plus yard field goal away from being 0-3 right now. Um, so it'll be it'll be a good game. Um, I think you know it being in London. Um, a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to get up that early. Jokes on you guys. I'm gonna be up that early anyways with my with my kids. So we'll be watching front and center. Um, super excited for the game. I think um, you know coming into this game, I think the um, <clears throat> the uh, Vikings are what three point favorites. And honestly, I've I've been listening to some of these uh, analysts and stuff, and it sounds like a lot of people are surprised we're not favored by more. Um, but a lot of people allude to, you know, our one and, you know, our, our slow start to the season, you know, might have something to play into that. But um, super excited uh, to say the least. Um, I think, you know, I hope uh, we can get it, we can get going early and we can get going often. So before we get into that Saints game, I thought we'd do once again we do our picks. Um, <laughs> I know through the first three weeks, um, I'm not doing great <laughs> with my picks and all that kind of stuff. So, um, however, I'm kind of starting off similarly to 2020. I didn't start off the greatest with my picks and with my predictions and everything like that. But as the season went on, I started hitting a lot more. So um, that's what we're hoping for here in 2022. So uh, in week four, excuse me, um, I have, um, you know, let's go with uh, let's go with our upset um, first. So right now, the Chiefs in Sunday Night Football, the Chiefs are two and a half point um, favorites over the Buccaneers. Um, I think the Buccaneers are going to end up winning this game. I think Patrick Mahomes and the Chief offense um, couldn't really get much of anything going against a very similar um, defense in Super Bowl Fifty Five. The Bucks, I know, have had their share of offensive issues around Tom Brady tied to injuries, um, but I think they'll get a bit reinforced this week with rep, with weaponry and blocking to have more of a balanced and explosive attack against the Chiefs. And I think Kansas City is just going to see more of a compressed passing game against, um, again, while Tampa sees an expansion of how it usually has operated with the greatest of all time. So I got the Buccaneers winning this game uh, 24-21. to It'll be a close game, but technically will be an upset. Um, and then my lock of the week is, unfortunately, it's the Packers over uh, the Patriots. I, I think there's going to be a blowout. This is an afternoon game on Sunday. Um, unfortunately, again, it pains me to say the Packers are back rolling with the ideal offensive, defensive, complementary football with LaFleur and Rodgers after their week one mess. Um and yeah, last, uh, you, know, you know, again, you know, you have to respect greatness. Rodgers outdueled um, Tom Brady last week, and he'll um, take to the shell of his former team against, uh, shockingly, um, you know, Bill Belichick defense. Uh, the Patriots, I think, will need to hope that Brian Hoyer, filling in for an injured Mac Jones, can dig to find, can dig deep and find something to get this passing game going. Um, as they'll probably rely a little bit more on the run game. Um, I don't see that working out well 
for them in their current uh, dysfunctional state. So I have the Packers winning this game convincingly, uh, thirty to ten, or sorry, thirty to thirteen. I said thirty to thirteen. <clears throat> um. So yeah, that's what um, that's what I got uh in this game, and um, yeah, onto the Vikings game. I think you know, still you know, three games into the season, I think we're still trying to figure out our our our, our I blah, 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 offensive identity uh under KOC. Uh, I think ultimately um, we can be a massive passing team with Kirk Cousins, and they found some you know big play, um, plays away from Justin Jefferson too, which also helps. Um, we also got back on track running against the Lions with Cook and Madison, and can still have some more success on the ground with or without Dalvin Cook. Uh, it does sound like he is going to play. Um, but I just think, like I said earlier, the Saints are just all over the place and trying to find balance and explosiveness with Jameis Winston, who may not even be playing now. Um, so at this point, honestly, I think um, the Saints' defense can only contain so much in London. I think the the Vikings are two-and-a-half-point favorites. I think they're going to more than cover that. I got them winning 31-23. to uh, 23 in the first game on Sunday. Um, and then my bold predictions um, on the uh, on the defensive side of things, I think they're going to force at least three turnovers, um, you know, a couple picks, you know, fumble. Um, don't know what exactly it is, but I just got a feeling three turnovers is uh, what they're going to come up with. Um, and then on the offensive side of things, I think – Something is going to happen in this game that going forward is going to put the league on notice. I think Thielen and KJ Osborne, I'm not numbers, and again, I know you guys love you know my numbers and all that stuff. I'm a big numbers guy. I'm not saying any no- specific numbers, but I'm once again predicting that Thielen and KJ Osborne are going to outperform JJ, and I'll tell you why that's a good thing. It's a good thing because you look at the game-winning touchdown uh, KJ was able to get yes or last week, and he was wide open. He was hardly touched. So it's good for this offense because a lot of teams are under the impression, hey, we got to shut down and have two guys on JJ at all times, and you know we'll win. Thielen is still a great number two receiver. You could argue probably one of the best, if not one of, one of the better ones, if not the best. And KJ Osborne, for being a wide receiver three, is probably one of the best wide receiver threes in the league. So with that said... If Thielen and KJ can show that, you know, you get the ball to them, they'll make plays, they'll get, you know, yards after catch, um, this offense could be deadly because then you can never really have two guys on Thielen, you can't have two guys on JJ, you can't have two guys on, you know, KJ, and then that, and then that opens up the spectrum for guys like Irv or Madison, Munt, um, so I see this being a game on the offensive side of things that is going to change our um, dynamic and it's going to change how teams try to um, shut us down. And um, I think that's nothing but good things. So Vikings defense, look for them to force three-plus turnovers and look for Thielen and KJ to outperform JJ once again. So 
Thank you guys for listening tonight. I am going to leave you with, remember this podcast is about you guys, the listeners. If you have a topic you want me to address or a question you want me to answer, please reach out on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, or by emailing us. Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram handles are at miniweekend, and email is miniweekend at gmail.com. That's M-I-N-N-Y-W-E-E-K-E-N-D at gmail.com. And be sure to let us know if you'd like to stay anonymous with your questions as well. Also, find us and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter where there are giveaways and you can stay up to date on all things Mini Weekend. And lastly, make sure you hit that subscribe button to get notified of the new episode as soon as it comes out. Until next time, Mini.